I'm Tiffany Baxter. And welcome to the Poltercast, um, the podcast for the sick and dying, <laughs> uh, where we... Um, and the hungry. And the hungry and the thirsty, um, where we Google ghost stories and read them out. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for coming. Um, this... <laughs> Is this one, this one a bit late? This one will be a bit late, um, partially because... Uh, timing wise, we had other things to do basically. We had other things to do, um, but also tonight we are going to see my favorite murder live, yes, which is very exciting because it's fair to say this podcast is a rip off, high key rip off. Yeah, we've been very frank about that. Yeah. We said it in the first episode. Um, but how have you been all these weeks? Um, yeah, all right, I'm not, I've not died yet. No, it's, it's unfortunate as we are ghost yeah. fanatics. And Have you been? Same. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't died yet. Um, I was describing a haunting before we started, but it's not very oh, interesting. Oh, your telephone. My phone feels a bit haunted at the moment. It, it, it keeps buying things I'm not <laughs> buying. And actually it was really funny when I first... So basically, in the middle of the night, my phone will make a payment to... Walthamstow Dental Care and also one other place that's made a weird payment at the same time at like 2.30am and I wake up and I see this notification like whatever and I contact my bank and they're like checking it out and they don't think anything's suspicious none of the money's actually been taken out but when it first happened I went into my uh, transaction history I was like none of this is me (laughs) What what's Cappuccino? I've never been in there. I haven't been to Yum Yum Thai restaurant in weeks. And I was like making all these accusations, and, and I like said to the bank like, "All of these aren't me." And then I started like remembering, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that was definitely me." And like I didn't, I'd never heard of Cappuccino, and I googled it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the place I got my." That's the only place you go every week. Get your coffee. Well, I was like, it was a place I went in a town. I didn't, I didn't like look at the name of the thing. Ah. So you just, you just saw coffee and went for it. Yeah. So less a haunting and more a cautionary tale to make sure the names of the places you go to, but also uh, a lot of like. So I, I bought something from Fop, <laughs> <laughs> the DVD store. Oh, but yeah, it said I, I yeah. it said I'd made a payment to HMV and was like I haven't been to an HMV in years, um, but it's because it's owned by the same people. Because no one's been to HMV in yeah. years. So that's my warning to all of my listeners. Um, I'm just trying to think what else has been going on. I don't, really sp- I don't have any spooky news or anything. No, the world of ghosts has um. It's gone quiet. <laughs> we already peak around October yeah. though. Um. But I watched. It's not ghosts. 
If I watched The Woman in White, All right. it was on BBC. I saw a glimpse. What was that? It was about? pretty good. Like, I never, because it's on stage as well, isn't it? And it's a book, but I have never seen any form of it. Mm. So I didn't know what to expect. I kind of assumed it was a ghost story, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Your spooky news is that you went in ready for a spoop. Well, it's still quite creepy. Like, it was a mystery mm. kind of situation. But one thing that annoyed me and my mum, who I watched it with, was like the one of the titular characters, a the woman in white, she kept on getting basically poisoned by his people. And they're just like, this is the third time it's happened that these people have given you something to drink and then you've collapsed. Why haven't you learned by now? Give <laughs> her a drink a little smell first. Or just, like let a dog drink it first. Just like, so I don't know if that was the TV's, TV show's fault or mm. the original source material was flawed no i am um, no i haven't got any spooky news i've got some uh i guess i'll say it up front um rather than later um i i mean i do another podcast but i'm actually guesting on a different podcast if anyone is interested in the world of um Hamish. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was going to say uh Films based on video games. <laughs> My brothers do a podcast called Games on Film, and I guest starred on the episode coming out on Tuesday, so it'll probably be out tomorrow or whenever you listen to this, whatever. Uh, we're talking about Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, um, which I think has aged fine. I've not watched it for a long time. But so I feel as far as video game movies go, it's probably not a bad one. No. It's fine. Team Rocket uh, as ever the highlight. They show up at one bit <laughs> as Vikings and just do Swedish accents <laughs> and go like, "Hello, we're a couple of Vikings." <laughs> it's just really, really strange. Anyway, so, I mean, there are, there are like Vikings in the Pokemon world. That's a lot of things in the Pokemon world that I um I'm not comfortable with because in the so. When the Vikings appear, Misty says, I didn't know Vikings still existed. And then Ash says, yeah, they mostly live in Minnesota. And it's meant to be like a joke about, for American audiences, about the Minnesota Vikings. Which is like a very strange thing for Ash, which I presume is a Japanese (laughs) ten-year-old. Anyway, if you like that uh, witty aside, (laughs) you want to hear me make more of them about that movie, check that out. Um, but other than that, oh, we're both going to be at Comic Con. Yeah, I can't that's something that, we can talk about. That we completely forgot to advertise. Uh, we could, yeah. So not at the same table, unfortunately. But no. we'll be. That's just we, we can't stand to be near each other that long. No, only like a couple of hours yeah. every three weeks <laughs> when we record Max. these episodes <laughs> is good enough. Um, we will be there. We will Comic be, Village. Yeah, somewhere. Selling I don't know our wares. Where. Yeah. Um, we might be near each other, actually. I haven't checked. Or I haven't sent us. They haven't sent anything yet, as far as I know. Mm. This year, Comic-Con is it's your first one, but yeah. it's uh, making some odd choices, <laughs> needless to say. Um, but we'll we'll warn you on all the relevant social meds about actual details. Do we want to tell some ghost stories? Yes. Okay. Did you decide to go first? I'm going first because... My ghost story is a little short, um, I think. I'm a little bit nervous. Depends on the font size. <laughs> I do have quite big font size, actually. 
I've also got a picture in mine for podcast fans of pictures. Uh, okay, so mine is called. It's quite relevant to what you're talking about. The White Lady of Stowe Lake. I've not heard of her. Okay. Stowe is in Buckinghamshire. No. Oh. Stowe is in San Francisco. Oh, I don't know. There's another Stowe. Heard of it? So I went to San Francisco last year and one of my plans was to go on a ghost tour. Um, there was a ghost tour of Chinatown I was very excited to go on. But for whatever reason, I was not able to. For whatever reason, <laughs> I was the one that went. Um, you should know the reason, surely. Yeah, I know. I was only there during the week and the ghost tours were only at the weekends. Mm. But next month, I'm going to New Orleans. Oh. New Orleans, for those who don't know the lingo. Yeah, and there's all kinds of ghost tours there, and uh, I really want to go on one, but I don't know if time... I'm only there briefly, and I'm quite busy. I think you can visit... um, Was it Marie Laveau's grave? The Mm. the voodoo Well, (laughs) There's so many ghost tours, but like... When I went to look, when I briefly looked up, it was like, what category are you here for? <laughs> Vampires, witches, ghosts, voodoo and stuff. Wow. So um, I'll try and do something and bring back a story. And if not, I'll bring back a book. <laughs> um, but bring no, this ghost. is... Yeah. What? Bring back a ghost. I'll bring, maybe I'll be possessed. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So San Francisco is where we transport you to. Do you know who else is spooky in San Francisco? That's so Raven. <laughs> she is paranormal. Yeah, she's psychic. She's a rescue medium. Yeah. She usually rescues herself, though. Okay. From herself. <laughs> You'd have to rescue yourself from yourself if you're Raven. Anyway, okay, right. Let's start. Get into the spooky mood. So, this ghost story is so famous in San Francisco um, that it has its own section on the official tourist website of the Golden Gate Park. Um, And it says this. No city does Halloween quite like San Francisco. While many may check out the party scene in the Castro, go trick-or-treating in No Valley, or visit the Pet cemetery in the Presidio, few have the courage to brave Stowe Lake at night. The rest is me. Um, In the years before the 1906 earthquake, a beautiful woman lived in the city with her infant child. One day, the woman decided to take her baby to Golden Gate Park for a jaunt around Stowe Lake. While on their walk, the woman spotted a friend and the two sat down on a bench to catch up. A few minutes later, the woman turned to check on her baby, but to her horror, the pram was no longer beside her. In a panic, she ran around the lake, screaming for her child, and the last anyone saw of her, alive that is, was when, in a moment of horrid realisation, she ran into the lake. <gasps> assuming her pram had gone well, rolled in. in. Yeah. Anyway, that's how the legend goes. So, that's the that's the urban myth. I do not know if your pram's rolling away. Well, apparently the friend must have brought some great snacks. Mm. Maybe they have Pringles, and once you pop, you can't stop. In the, here over the crunching. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's now Pringles ASMR podcast. Oh, oh my god, we could literally do that. We have Pringles right next to our microphone right now. <laughs> um, so that's the story. Um, now, it is rumoured that if someone goes to Stowe Lake at night, 
weird occurrences take place. People on foggy nights have reported seeing a distressed lady in white in a white gown stalking the rim of Stone Lake. San Francisco has its like very unique fog. It's like full on clouds. Oh, I didn't know. Street level. It's very foggy. Stories have been told that the lady comes up from the lake water, or the statue that's in her honour comes to life. Or she will come up to you and ask, Have you seen my baby? Other reports say that if you drive there with your friends in a group of cars, all the cars will stall at the same time. Um, unrelated to my research, on the uh, Golden Gate Park website, you know, at the bottom it has like Facebook comments. Yeah. On a whatever websites, uh, someone uh, said, I have seen her and here's my story. And I was going to read it out, but it was <laughs> not very well written. <laughs> uh, but she. Um, with a bunch of friends were driving past the park and their like car their radio started going like, and then like their car stalled. Mm. And then she got out and while they waited for um someone to come and whatever their car, um, she felt compelled to walk into the water. Oh, for creepy. some spooky reason. Um another urban myth is that uh another urban myth amongst kids for generations has been that if you say the words White lady, white lady, I have your baby. Three times. She will appear behind you. She'll ask you, have you seen my baby? And if you say yes, she'll haunt you. And if you say no, she'll kill you. That's not really great many options. Just don't say it. Best case scenario. Why would you want either (laughs) of those things? Only do it if you actually have found her baby. Mm. Um, so it's a classic haunting ghost story, so it's no surprise, this, like, legend, that this tale resonates with locals and ghost hunters for over a hundred years. But is there any truth to the legend of the White Lady of Stowe Lake? I don't know. Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> You've never heard of the White Lady of Stowe Lake, so I'd be surprised no. if you knew the truth. The first mention of a phantom in the Golden Gate Park is a front-page chronicle story from January 6, 1908. The article tells the tale of Arthur Pigeon <laughs> and his automobile full of female partygoers. <laughs> the vehicle was seen speeding through the park late at night before being apprehended by mounted police. Inside, the officer found a car full of terrified people, white as a proverbial ghost. <laughs> that was a copy-paste. Um... Pigeon told the officer that they'd seen a thing directly in front of their vehicle, clad in a luminous white robe and holding its arms extended as though to stop the progress of the machine. That's an actual quote. It was a thin, tall figure, Pigeon explained. It seemed to shine. It had long, fair hair and was barefooted. It did not noti- I did not notice the face. I was too frightened. This 1908 San Franciscan talks like that, apparently. The bemused officer asked if the party had previously visited beach resorts that might produce ghosts or spirits. Why specifically beach resorts? I'm not sure. (laughs) No, insisted the group. Very well, the officer said. Then you'll have to show me where the ghost was. The women shrieked at the suggestion, <laughs> leaving poor Arthur Pigeon to <laughs> his female party guests uh, to escort the officer back to the spot where he'd seen the apparition. And of course, it was gone. 
Captain Gleason of the Park Station was informed of the affair, the Chronicle wrote, and gave orders that any ghost answering this description is to be arrested on sight. <laughs> oh, that's gonna work. Uh, I've got a printout of the uh, of the head headline. Uh, Park ghost holds up automobile party. <laughs> Police are asked to run down spook when terror uh, who terrorized motorists. Women shriek in fright, uh, confident that spectral visitor tried to block their progress. Surely, though, like, okay, so even if they did meet the ghost, the police, mm. they wouldn't have any grounds to arrest her. Yeah, she's like, just living... scaring people is not an arrestable. Well, it's haunting the same as loitering, but for ghosts, mm. she's just living a life. It's just loitering while well, dead. Really. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know. Um, some people is arrestable depending on where you're haunting. She could be trespassing. Is being ghost, being ghost, <laughs> being and ghost, an arrestable offence? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We're here for ghost it's not in, Is it? Is it in the law? It probably isn't. Really? So San Francisco, um, before the 1906 earthquake, can be difficult to verify. Did okay. I say the word history? History. I said. I think I said San Francisco before the 1906. Yeah. It can be difficult to verify. I meant San Francisco history. Yeah. Like just its existence before 1906. <laughs> We're not too sure. Not too sure if it was there. Yeah. Where's the evidence? Okay. So the fire that uh, destroyed the city's police and coroner's records, um, along with thousands of personal records kept by families. So if there was a police report about a woman and her baby drowning in Stone Lake, it's likely long gone. Newspaper crime stories and death notices give a more complete and surprisingly deadly picture of Golden Gate Park in the late 1800s. The park, with its many dark corners, was a common spot for suicides. So common, in fact, that the San Francisco uh, Cool ran a Sunday feature in 1900 called The Park Suicides. The park, this is a quote from it, the park with its luxury of trees, shrubbery, and green grass seems to appeal strongly to the troubled philosopher who seeks to rid himself of what he deems a burden. I don't think everyone who goes to kill themselves is necessarily a philosopher, to be quite honest. It's a very interesting view of emotional issues from the time. Um, The story is accompanied by a complete list of suicides in the park since 1890 found that one in every 12 suicides in San Francisco took place in the park. The methods range from poisoning to self-inflicted gunshot wounds, but there is one uh, suicide by drowning. Um, if the White Lady of Stowe Lake died there, then it must have been after the nine... Uh, however, blah, 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 blah. I'm getting it mixed up. Basically, there is one reported person of dying in the lake. Yeah. And it's not a lady. It's It's... No information. <laughs> a complete list of suicides doesn't mention any information about the person, probably to protect them. That's me giving a 1900 exploitative article benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> however, uh, many people think the White Lady of Stowe Lake died after that 1900 article was written. Um, surely such a dramatic end would warrant some mention somewhere. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh... So, here's another bit of information that could be linked to the truth behind this. Mary Cook and Nellie Gillingham, both 12-year-old earthquake refugees living in the park, 
reported to police that they had seen the naked body of a baby floating in the, mm. in the lake. Upon, uh, oh, in Lloyd Lake, which is a pond near Stowe Lake, which are connected, blah, blah, blah. Police made a full investigation but saw no sign of the body. Just in case, they planned to drag the lake. I don't know if what... That's a, I think that's when, like, people go in... With nets. Yeah, and almost um, really insult it. But there's been no article about the results of that dragging, so they probably didn't find anything. Last dragon. <laughs> Drag the... Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Coupled with the park's reputation as a suicide spot, the legend writes itself. A beautiful woman and her infant child, a tragic death in the park, a spirit that can't find peace. But for those who believe in ghosts, there's no shortage... Okay, this is what I'm copying and pasting. There's no shortage of candidates for who could be the real lady of Stowe Lake. The 1900 park suicide story from the newspaper offers tales of at least four women who took their own lives in the park, including one who uh, was never discovered. Which is interesting. Mm. Don't know how they verified that. Yeah, uh, how they didn't actually just if she even what they, the lake if she wasn't discovered. Um, this is what they wrote of her, the the missing lady, who she was and where she. Maybe maybe I got that wrong. <laughs> maybe she was found, but they didn't know who she was, who she was and who she came, uh, where she came from, and what her troubles were will never be known. For she was among the unidentified. Anyway, uh, most of that information came from SanFranciscoGate.com um, and also the official uh, Golden Gate Park website. But you can do little Halloween tours. It's cool. There's actually, I, I kept reading, reading the comments underneath. Someone had also said that they had uh, been driving along and seen a cat run across past their car. But when they stopped to check the cat, it was dead. Which doesn't sound mysterious. It sounds like they hit a cat. <laughs> it sounds like they just hit um, a cat with their car. But my favourite was the top comment was like, bullshit, don't believe in ghosts. And then underneath was a comment saying, well, go spend a night there, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gary has yet to respond to that threat. So that's my little story. I wonder what it is, because didn't I do a story about a different... Like, with the ghostly white lady who left on even wet patches. Yeah. What it's is, a theme. What, what's with lakes and white ladies? <laughs> Are we going to say, why do white ladies like lakes so much? Are we going to say, what's it with lakes and wet patches? I was like, I got some news for you about lakes. They are filled <laughs> with a mysterious substance called wet. <laughs> um, I don't know. I... I, I but Zellerman's the story I find interesting. I like ghost stories where it's like... I think I've done a couple where there's a few potential, like, murder crimes yeah. and things like that that could be linked to it. Um, I also like kind of childhood urban legends yeah. that come from nowhere or come from somewhere, possibly. But I guess we will never know. That's yeah. the end of my story. I enjoyed that. You don't have to say that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did! It's, it's kind of afterlife goals. Walk around wet. Well, if I was a ghost, I'd like to have some kind of like, oh, don't say this three times. I like a like a. What would what would you have people say to make you appear? Um, they'd have to rattle a KFC bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you rattle it three times. And I just emerge. You just imagine taking the. <laughs> I'm the finger looking ghoul. <laughs> um, right, your turn. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Spook me. Chill me. I don't know if mine is scary. <laughs> yeah, that podcast listeners. Because but it's spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 more of a tale. I'm ready. But I mean, spoiler alert, there is a ghost. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> I'm scared already. In downtown Moscow lived 23-year-old Dmitry Rykin and his wife Natasha in a tiny one-bedroom flat on their floor of a Khrushchev building on Kamagersky Perilic. I should have asked Olga how you pronounce these names. <laughs> um, for context, Khrushchev buildings are like prefabricated tenements that the former president had built for returning servicemen in the 50s. And then for their rubbish heating, plumbing, and walls so thin you can hear someone coughing three floors up. Ooh. So I'm guessing sort of the Russian equivalent of t- tower capital yeah. blocks. Um, they moved into this flat. Oh yeah, this is in the 90s at some point. Um, they moved into this flat not long after getting married. Dmitry had actually inherited it from his uncle, who wanted to move back to his home village. So Dmitry and Natasha knew no one there and had lived there about three weeks when their problems began. At three in the morning, he woke up to someone playing the Garmoshka, which is basically an accordion, mm-hmm. um, in a flat downstairs. Dmitri worked in the Moskvich automobile factory on a swing shift and had to get up at four, so being cheated out of any sleep did not impress him. After two weeks, the nighttime accordion gigs began to get on his nerves, even though Natasha somehow managed to sleep right through the racket, which made him even more annoyed. Then it got to three weeks, and the playing wasn't stopping. It was the summer of 98. This accordionist was playing Moscow My Own yet again, instead of the moron trying to Spice Girls. <laughs> when you said 98, that like instantly changed everyone's haircuts yeah. to curtains and little beads. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the Russian fashion at the time was, but I assume something trickled over from further west. Probably less um, big union jack shirts. Yeah. No, you just, uh, I don't know, big Soviet... Well, I've seen Anastasia, and that is not set in the 90s. No. But it was kind of made in the 90s. It was made in the 90s, so it kind of like has that weird The Don Bluth hair. Yeah. That's why I'm just imagine everyone has Don Bluth hair. Mm -hmm. That's what Dimitri looks like. I always try and imagine everyone has Don Bluth hair. So, Dimitri got up and dressed and decided to find two of the sources of music. Following the sound of music by Julie Andrews. He went downstairs into the second floor corridor as the musician began a rendition of the Red Army March. Oh God! Which I don't know what that sounds like. Is the Tetris song the Red Army March? No, oh. I just thought it'd be funny if that's what the music was because we know three that's, things about Russians. That's the only Russian song we know. <laughs> Anastasia and what am I talking about? Anyway, go on. Um, he listened to each of the doors until he found the culprit and he knocked. Finally, after the fourth knock, the door was opened by an elderly. A very elderly man, but is it just one man? That's <laughs> clarifying. In about his 80s, smiling. Come in, young man. Do come in. What brings you out so early in the morning? Come in and have a cup of tea. Now, the old gent was so nice to meet you, was like, well, I can't be angry. But also, I need my sleep, so I still got to say something. Grandfather, he said, I hate to mention this, but I live upstairs. It's your accordion. I suspected as much, said the old man. Actually, I was hoping to annoy someone enough to get them to come and visit me. <laughs> you see, I have so few guests. And I'm just like... So, instead of inviting someone around, 
you just literally keep them up in the middle of the night if you're accordion. I like annoying someone enough to be like your friend. It's a good <laughs> strategy. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, Ronald Dimitri just felt bad, even though, let's be honest, waking people up in the midnight accordion playing is kind of a dickish way of getting guests. <laughs> he stepped into the flat and saw the most beautiful accordion he'd ever seen, and he fell in love. And that's the end. <laughs> no. It was made of black enamel with mother of pearl inlays. The keys were onyx and mother of pearl on silver mounts. As he was pouring the tea, the old man muttered, Go ahead, pick it up, play it if you like. That's what it was made for. But Dimitri didn't actually know how to play the accordion. <laughs> Soon the old man was playing again and Dimitri joined in singing until he finally had to excuse himself and go back up to his flat. He shaved, had another, another cup of tea and looked at the time. 3.45. He'd only been downstairs half an hour. At four he left for work, thinking about the lonely old man in the flat downstairs all day. Now, now he's fallen in love. Hmm. <laughs> On his way home he, he bought vodka and cakes and went straight to the second floor flat instead of home and he got back to the building. He wanted to give his new friend a present and maybe ask if he could teach him how to play, but he knocked and knocked for ten minutes but no one answered. Assuming he must be out, he made his way back to his flat to try again later. Then he noticed... The building superintendent was down the hallway, looking at him weirdly, and he thought something must have happened to the old man. So he asked, What's wrong? Did something happen to Grandfather? He replied, Grandfather, who are you talking about? You know, the old man who lives here? And he went on describing the man in detail. Did something happen to him? The superintendent noticed the bottle of vodka on Dimitri's arm and asked if he was drunk. <laughs> and he was like, No, I just asked questions. Did something happen to the old man? Superintendent replied, You could say that. Mm. The flat has been empty for years. The old man you just described was the last owner. He's been dead since somewhere around 92, 93. They found him dead in his living room. He was playing his gomoshka and just fell forward. As if heart attack, he never knew what hit him. Mm. End of the story. Chilling. When ghost stories like that start, though, I'm, I'm often like, he's the ghost. He's the ghost. He's the ghost. <laughs> Everyone is a ghost. Have you ever played an accordion? No. I did. It's <laughs> great. I briefly, um, I borrowed one off a, a music teacher, because I was like, I'm going to learn how to play this. And it's like really easy to make some sound and like yeah. make something that vaguely sounds like a song. And you're like, I'm really good at this. And then you see someone like going, and then you're like, oh, okay, no, no. My aunt used to have like one of these little ones that doesn't even have the keys on. It's just literally a squeeze box, squeezy thing, yeah, like a little one. They are my go-to instrument if I could learn anything. What squeeze box? Just any anything of the the accordion adjacent family. <laughs> well, I hope those chilled you to the bone, to the icy, icy bone of a cool Russian night. And remember, if you want to make friends, just annoy them until they come and knock on your door. <laughs> One way to annoy us to be your friend is by sending in your ghost stories um, so we could read them out in the, in the show and you can send them at <laughs> poltercast at gmail.com. Yeah, we won't be annoyed, we promise. No, and uh, bug us, haunt us on Twitter as well, at the poltercast. And on Facebook, the poltercast. Yeah. And uh, on 
Google Plus <laughs> and, the, and Bebo as well. Oh, well, Bebo, that's that is that, that is the ghost of the social ghost media's of past. Yeah, that's probably the ghost of Bebo floating around other websites at the moment. <gasps> Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the name of our ghosts only social media, Bebo. <laughs> or uh, my space. <laughs> wow. I, I thought I was going to be ghost related, but it wasn't. Um, my my personal Twitter is Hamish Steele. So I just wanted to think of pun on MySpace and dead things. I thought space was enough, but <laughs> it wasn't. My grave. Please send. <laughs> please send in all of your ghost social media puns. Yeah. Um. Do you want to give where people can find you? Oh, on? yeah. I'm um, at Tiff Baxter Illis on Twitter. And, um... Oh, thank our music. Oh, yes. And our music is by Graham Waller, whose uh, fairly spooky album, um, Spectrum, is out. He's known as Glitter Wolf in his band. I said that in all the weird <laughs> wrong order. Um, but that's available on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, I didn't know it's on Spotify. Mm, it is. There's a good song called uh, Carpenter's Requiem, which sounds like all John Carpenter music. I was going to say, is that about Jesus? No. (laughs) Maybe John Carpenter is the true Jesus. No. Okay. Um, Until next time. Um, Rest in peace. peace. (laughs) We're so professional.